Hey, welcome back to the Measure Twice Planners podcast. Today's recorded interview is with Angela McCaffrey, a mortgage and liability advisor with Neo Home Loans, who is passionate about consumer education on home ownership. During our conversation, we'll discuss what a personalized home purchase process looks like beyond the mortgage qualification, plus learn the differences between a house and a home. If you enjoyed this episode, you can watch the other half of our conversation, as well as over 30 hours worth of valuable educational content at MeasureTwicePlanners.com. Today, we have a great conversation with Angela McCaffrey, who is a mortgage and liability advisor with Neo Home Loans. But we're not just going to talk about you know, the transaction of buying, you know, buying a house or financing a mortgage. We will talk about some of those things, right? Because we want to learn more. We're nerds at the end of the day. But we also want to learn about how does a house become a home, right? Some of those deeper emotional behavioral conversations that we should be having, but we haven't been trained to have those conversations before. There's this quote I think I found on your website that says that you take a comprehensive and collaborative approach to mortgage planning. And again, like that sounds like, wait, wait, I had to like kind of say it again. Wait, you take a comprehensive and collaborative approach to mortgage planning. What is mortgage planning? And how do you turn this typical transaction into a relationship with the families that you're serving? So as you mentioned, uh, just from your own experience, typically getting a mortgage is a lot more transactional. It's about, okay, here you go. This is your credit income. This is what you qualify for. Here's our lowest rate. You're good to go here. Now you own a home, which is great. And part of that is included in my process with clients. But at the end of the day, there's a lot more to just what you qualify for. There's also making sure that it fits within what you should be going with. So it's not just what you qualify for. It's also suitability. I have a bit of a financial advising background. And so when I moved over to the mortgage side of things and was under a whole bunch of very successful mortgage professionals, seeing what they do out of the fire hose, part of all of these different transactions in a short period of time, when I started actually doing the pre-approval calls myself, I realized like, why aren't we asking them about their emergency funds and like their overall dreams and goals and like like their long-term plans with this home. Why aren't we making sure that, you know, the mortgage payment that we're putting them into, they can sleep at night and they mm. can still, you know, if now they own a home and they need more life insurance or they need disability insurance, like now their things that they're liable for have gone up. Have we made sure that the payment we're putting them into still gives them some freedom to change those things and protect themselves? So it was confusing to me to see how like transactional it was and how it was just about numbers. This is most people's largest liability, their largest asset, you know, and it's it's a combination of the home. So where they go to bed at night, where they create their memories, where they have security, where they have, you know, the emotional side of things. And the house, which is, it's an asset, it's a liability, there's opportunity for your wealth to grow or not, if it's not managed properly. And so it's been this kind of like ongoing challenge, struggle, whatever you want to call it for me to figure out the best ways to make sure we're talking about both things and we're doing everything in our ability to make sure that we're kind of taking those into account and respecting those as a whole comprehensive picture. So I don't do pre-qualification calls anymore. I do dreams and goals calls. Mm. So when you talked about kind of how rushed it was and everything else, like that's really stressful. And it's kind of a bummer because I feel like a lot of times, like some of the excitement can get lost in all of the stress 
of it. And if you aren't really properly taken through a lot of the steps and you end up in a, a house and it closes and you're holding the keys and you're like, what's my monthly payment now? Like, what's my account balance now? Like, oh my God, what did I do? But if we've gone through the steps appropriately, that might still be kind of a, oh my gosh thing, but hopefully you know why you did what you did and you were educated properly and you feel really confident about the decision you made in buying the home and the mortgage structure that you went with and your future repayment strategies and the fact that you now help have us as a team where closing the loan is just the beginning of the process. Now we're going to be doing ongoing financial reviews. We're going to check in with you annually, if not more often. And as your life changes and the real estate market changes and your goals, your income, your family, all that, as that's changing, we're constantly tweaking our mortgage strategy. So we either changing how we're repaying our current mortgage or we're looking at whether or not we need to look at a different mortgage product to meet our goals better. All of my clients would have this really great advisor board built out so that we really can make sure that we're all talking, we're all working together, we're shoring up the defenses on all the sides, we're not missing opportunities for our clients, um, and also we're not making mistakes. And so in a perfect world for me, all of my clients have a financial advisor. So when I'm asking them about their dreams and goals, and I'm asking them like what their ideal monthly payment is and what their ideal down payment is, and you know their ongoing goals, short-term, long-term, I'm not the first person asking them these things. Mm-hmm. And the answers they give me are like actually well thought out, educated answers. When I'm doing my dreams and goals call, part of that is asking about like your ideal monthly payment. And what you have set aside that you want to put towards your purchase, if it is a purchase. And a lot of times the answer is, you know, whatever they give me, I'll ask, great, tell me more about that. Where did that come from? And a lot of times it's, well, I went on to Zillow and I found some houses that I think we might like. And there was a mortgage calculator on there. And so that's where I got the payment from. And like, I think we could save or like empty our savings to make this home happen And I appreciate their honesty, but I'm also very concerned because none of those are Mm -hmm. like educated decisions. And those are people forcing themselves into a box retroactively, reactively, instead of proactively like working into those numbers. How do you introduce the question of like, what are your dreams and goals? Like, do you ask what are your dreams and goals? Or how do you introduce that concept to them? Typically in kind of the like first introduction of us meeting, I need to explain to them what my process is, not Mm. just for the sake of preparing them, but also for the sake of them understanding that like, it's probably going to seem super weird if they've (laughs) never, you know, worked with a a mortgage professional before, or they have, they're going to ask, why are you asking me these things? You know? And so I do explain that like, yeah, I can run through quick mortgage application. I can pull your credit. I can see what your debts are. I can see what your income is. I can see what your bank account balance is. And then I can move on. But at the end of the day, if I don't really back out and look at your overall dreams and goals and risk tolerance and suitability and everything else, how can I actually confidently say, I am making the best recommendation for you? Mm. How you manage your mortgage and your real estate can truly make or break your situation. So don't you feel like you owe it to yourself to take a little bit more time and to consider that this is such a big integral part, both of your personal 
and your financial picture, like why wouldn't we want to take the time to make sure we're actually discussing all of those things? Because we don't want to make a mistake and we don't want to miss out on an opportunity. The real estate market as a whole between realtors and mortgage professionals, it's unfortunately very reactive. So it's cool. You want to buy a house? All right, come talk to the realtor, come talk to the mortgage lender. You're closing in 30, 60, 90 days, whatever it is. But studies have shown that people in like a stressful mindset, their IQ actually drops. (laughs) So it's terrifying to me that we're helping people navigate through the largest transaction probably that they'll make in their lives. Um, Once again, their largest liability, the largest asset, and we're having them do it in like a very heightened sense or state of stress and therefore Mm. not their best selves. We talked about the dreams and goals call. We also have something called a borrow smart conversation. That sounds like a, like a very structured thing. What is a borrow smart conversation? With the leading people into what I do differently, we start, I kind of educate or let them know it's going to be a bigger conversation. There's lots of steps. We're going to talk about things that seem completely unrelated to the mortgage from their perspective, but there's a reason we're asking these questions. So my dreams and goals call is a worksheet that I fill out for clients. And it starts with current and future goals. What are your timeframes? Why do you want to buy, sell, or refinance your home now? Current concerns or financial issues. What would you improve? What do you want in the future? Current housing situation, talking through you know, their monthly payment, if the house fits for them, that type of thing. Um, then we're going to talk through income, monthly housing payment, credit score, all the qualification type things. But we're also going to talk about liquid funds and retirement assets. We're going to talk about when you want to retire. We're going to talk about if you have health insurance figured out for when you retire. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about, do you have disability insurance and life insurance and everything else put into place? Do you have an estate plan? You know, do you, what is your monthly budget? Do you have a monthly budget? You know, what's your monthly Mm -hmm. savings plan and that type of thing. So we're going to walk them through all of these things so that when we get over to the borrow smart conversation, we've kind of laid out a lot of that stuff and we've either called attention to, Hey, we need to put some more thought into this or, Hey, you've got it situated and now we can just move on to this next step. The borrow smart conversation, it kind of consists of two different things. So the first is the seven concepts, which isn't something that clients need to understand. But as a liability advisor, it's really important that I understand these concepts. And it's looking at the house as um, kind of a multi-step process. So the seven concepts are looking at real estate and mortgages more similarly to how you guys look at investments. So a lot of times mortgages weren't looked at in that way. They were just looked at, here's the lowest rate, here's the lowest payment, cool, move on. In the future, maybe, hey, you have all this equity, that's great, what can you use it for? Oh, I'll pay off debt, oh, I'll rehab my home, oh, I'll sell the home, I'll use my equity to buy a new home. And those were the siloed, like very limited conversations that we're having. As a certified liability advisor, we look at the home as and the equity in it and the mortgage that we manage more as an investment. So we're looking at safety. So how likely am I to get my money back? You know, how likely am I to lose it? So that's appreciation, depreciation, foreclosure and lawsuit. And that's relevant because you kind of have to start with safety for people. So you need to make sure that you're talking about, you know, the crocodile brain side of things. So like, you know, your emotions around it, what you... Mm what you're worried about so that we can start going into the next like emotional and then um, kind of analytical side of things. Liquidity. How liquid is that equity in your home? How can, how can you get to it if you need it? You have to refinance 
where you have to sell to get to that? How liquid is that? How fast is that? As far as selling, that's not a quick process. You know, that takes time. And then once you sell it and you have that equity, that money, um, typically you have to live somewhere else. So what does that look like? Liquidity also from like, uh, I'm staying in this home. I have all this, you know, equity in my home and I need it. Well, great. It takes time to refinance and you have to qualify and you Mm -hmm. have to pay money to do it. COVID was the ultimate kind of proof of how not knowing how to actively manage the liquidity and or equity in your home, where all of these people had, all, we were equity rich throughout most mm-hmm. of the nation. People had all of this equity, their home, the appreciation has grown so much. Their asset is, their largest asset is their home. And then people are being furloughed or losing their jobs. They don't have access to the equity in their home. You can't refinance and get access to that if you don't have a job. It might seem safe in your home, but there are ways to, you know, that it's not safe that you can lose that. It might Mm. seem like I should put more money in my home, but what happens if you need that liquid, you know, that money? And then once we've kind of walked through the educational, how the money works, then we can talk about return, which is the fun part. And we can work together on that. The other seven concepts, the safety and liquidity return are the main concepts that we're always kind of focusing on. But there are other concepts that are really important for us to manage. And that's the hidden cost of things, taxes, how you leverage your money regarding your home and your mortgages and diversification. So those are kind of subcategories of the concepts that we're educated on and we're constantly considering. The seven steps is the process that we take clients through to help them kind of decide, educate themselves, and then intentionally decide what mortgage strategy makes sense for them and what decisions Mm -hmm. they should make around managing that. So we want to look first at products. So that's how do you manage risk? That's what type of loan product are we going to go with? Are we going to look at a 30-year fixed rate mortgage? Are we going to look at an interest-only mortgage? That type of thing. Payment, how do you want to repay your loan? Availability, what do you actually qualify for? Amount, Mm -hmm. how much can you access, but also how much should you take? protection, making sure that we're protecting the equity in your home, and then discipline, which is making sure that like whatever strategy we came up with for you, that you're actually disciplined enough to like follow through on it. As you're going through this process, you're just eliminating all the bad, all the things that don't fit. I'm guessing by the end of that, like you only have like a few options left to choose from. And then it's up, it's effectively up to them to make that decision. There's the, like you said, the ignorance is bliss excitement and getting caught up in it. And then there's the like, wow, I walked into this knowing so little and now Mm. I know so much. And now I feel really confident about this home I'm buying and the mortgage I'm choosing, Mm. the repayment strategy. One, I feel confident today. And two, life changes every day, all the time. So what Mm -hmm. today makes the most sense for a client next week might not. That's a great reminder that yes, this is a big decision. Like there is weight to this decision. But I love that you also remind us and you know the people that you serve that these are big decisions, but they don't have to be permanent. You can just kind of learn about somebody's home that they currently live in. And you know, I can say, oh, like I see that it's a four bedroom, a three and a half bath, and you know, this much square footage. Oh, there's a pool in the back and stuff. But sometimes I like asking people, hey, what is it about your house that makes it feel like a home? And you actually have a picture of the differences, like this perspective of house versus home. I, I would love for you to share that with our audience. Related to the seven steps and the dreams and goals and everything else is us helping clients understand that like there's kind of different boxes that we need to be addressing. So once again, there is the emotional side, like 
this is going to be where you're going to grow your family and you get to come home at night and you get to paint those walls and you get to hang all your family pictures up and all those exciting things. But the side that typically we're helping manage a little bit more is the house side. So the home is family, hobbies, friends, neighbors, all the great, exciting, live in the moment, like enjoyment, experiential type things. And it's really important that we are considering that because Mm -hmm. those should be the things that are driving the decisions we make. But once we've talked about that, now we need to look at the actual numbers and how we can choose those numbers to support the home side of things. So the house is the numbers, the appreciation, the tax benefits, diversification, collateral, leverage, credit, mortgage, all the rational sides of things. And Mm -hmm. so we're trying to help people understand that there's like two big parts of this, because once you kind of understand that, it's easier to kind of navigate between the two and also understand like why we're asking what we're asking and like, why does that matter? You know, so if we've kind of helped them understand like the moving parts and gone Mm -hmm. through the seven, you know, concepts, seven steps. Now they're understanding, like, I get why that matters and why these things tie together. But this isn't talked about openly often. And it's very confusing to me because they're (laughs) the same thing like this. You don't have one without the other. And you don't want to make decisions about one without considering the other because they affect each other. And it's really important that we do our best to kind of like respect and acknowledge all of these things to be able to make good decisions for them. Let's say that somebody's moving out of their house that's been their home for 30 years. You know, husband and wife, you know, their kids are grown adults. They've lived in this four bedroom house for the last 30 years. Like they raised their family in this house. How do you have conversations with people who've lived in the same house for 30 plus years? It's the first time they've moved in that long. Like what are some variables or conversation conversations that might happen with a couple like that? One thing that I always try to do is make sure we celebrate the mm. home. And I feel like we don't celebrate wins enough. Yeah, we're always moving on to the next and we're not stopping. So in a situation like that, um, knowing it's going to be such a hard emotional thing, I think one, it's really important and exciting and a great opportunity to ask them, you know, tell me about it. Like, when did you move in? Like, um, how did you find the home? Like, t- you know, I want to know some of their great stories about it if they're comfortable mm. sharing because it's hard to move on. But if you remember that, like, those memories still exist, like you even can't when you're not living there, these- right? Yeah, yeah, you can't not tell me these stories because you're moving out. It's not like mm. those memories and adventures and opportunities and great things that happen there; those aren't gone just because you are no longer living in the house. I think it's kind of fun to, and quite honestly, an honor that I even have the opportunity to ask these people about these things and relive these moments with them. And I think it's one, great to do that, to celebrate it. And then two, I think it's really important to dive into the next conversation with them about their future home, because it's going to be a whole new great place. And Mm -hmm. so if we can figure out like really what brought them the most like joy in their previous home, how can we turn around and do as much of that appropriately for their now current situation as possible? So if they're emotionally tied to that home because they raised their family there and now they're moving, you know, to be closer to their grandbabies or Mm -hmm. to have less housing expenses so they can go travel or whatever it is. Or from a two two story to a one story, things like that. Exactly. Now we're going to be celebrating the great new things that you're going to have with your future Mm. home. They need to know that memories are going to be created in the new home, not just the old home. 
exactly. And then celebrating like, man, like not everybody has the opportunity to buy a home, mm-hmm. you know, and not only did you work really hard and have that opportunity, you earned that you then maintain the home and you then paid your, you know, monthly housing expenses. So like, good on you. Like, that's a great job. That's something that like, not everybody can do or does do. And the nerd in me, it says, and you have a $500,000 exclusion from the gain of your house. Also, also, <laughs> by the way. And so, and so that's the other thing is I think that lets us start transitioning over to the number side of things. Mm-hmm. So like memories, celebration, I doubt that you're going to miss that like wall that you may have painted seven times, you know, you, that may bring up memories, but like not being able to go see the wall and touch the wall and paint the wall again, like that's not taking away any of your memories. So I think that as we can kind of transition in now, you know, we're, we're focusing on the excitement, you know, if they have all this money now, that's going to allow them to choose the next home and everything else. Now we're able to say, you did these things. These were things you enjoyed. These were things you didn't enjoy. You know, if you didn't enjoy that payment for a while or whatever, like what went well, what didn't go well. And now let's take all that into account with this next home and also be really smart about it. So right now there are a lot of people who have a lot of equity in their home with today's rates. Typically the assumption is I'm going to put as much money down on this new home to have as low as a payment as possible, especially with the higher interest rates. But it's our job to educate them on the fact that there are different ways to manage that money and different ways to leverage that money and that they are making the right decision for their dreams and goals in their situation. So, you know, you might have like 40% or more to put down, but like, how are you on your, your retirement situation? How are you on your emergency funds? Like, Mm -hmm. is there a vacation you've been putting off? Is there money you can take out and help your kids buy a home today? Like, what are these things? And like, it's not just once again, about the house. Mm -hmm. It's also about the home still. So like, what are we doing when we're moving over to like, not lose track of both of those things. And then Mm -hmm. let's make sure that they're being educated on the different ways that they can utilize that. And it's not transactional. It's not just money from home equals money into home. Mortgage payment equals mortgage payment. It's talking once again about the dreams and goals and everything else to make sure that we're not taking such a big, complex, emotional, big Mm -hmm. thing and trying to simplify it in a like detrimental way that could be, you could be making a mistake or missing an opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, the great news is when there's that much emotion with it, you can, if navigated properly, kind of ride the coattails into Mm -hmm. the new home and get them excited about that. And you really kind of need to, like, that's a really emotional thing. So if you don't like give respect to that, there's going to be like disconnect and pushback and things that are happening in the back end that they're not talking to you about. If you don't create that opportunity for them to start with that openness. And now we've done everybody a disservice on that side as well, because mm. now we don't have all the information that we need to help them make a really good decision. Mm. That whole conversation that you talked about, house or home, like that's not on the spreadsheet, right? No. But it's so important that we give it is just as much time as the spreadsheet time. I mean, it's all emotional. Like you have to tie your payment to what you feel it's worth paying to be in whatever home you're in. And you have to, if you're saying yes to a mortgage, you're saying no to something else. So if you're saying yes to this mortgage, you are saying no to putting that money toward different goals, toward paying off other debt, to different opportunities. And so we have to make sure that everything you're saying no to, you're Mm. doing it with intention (laughs) and thought. 
even if you went through the whole process and you would have come out saying, yes, I still would have made the mortgage decision. If you haven't actually gone through that process, like subconsciously, you have questions. So it's just about taking people through the process once again, so they can feel really confident about the decision that they end up making. Mm -hmm. And if you're skipping steps, there's always going to be these underlying questions that you probably aren't even aware of, and you're just not going to feel as good about it. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's so unfortunate that if I had been able to go through the process, I would have still made this decision. But if I didn't go through that process, I'm not going to be as like happy and confident and clear mm. in the decision <laughs> I made. And also, I'm going to have a lot less clarity for my next moves because I didn't go through that whole process. You know, when you've gone mm. through it, it's easier to give, you know, answers to you when you're asking them about things. And so, you know, it's up to us to make sure that we're not letting them skip those really important steps mm-hmm. for our sake, for us being able to do our jobs well, but also for their sake, because they deserve that. It's just about us doing our best to manage that for them and help them through that. Clarity precedes confidence, right? Like you, you can't have the confidence to know you're making a well-informed decision until you've been well-informed. We need to know what people are saying no to, not just what they're saying yes to. People come to us because they want something. They want to say yes to something that new house in this example. But if we just focus on what they're saying yes to, we're completely missing the opportunity cost. Yes, we'll focus on the thing they're saying yes to, which is the new house and you know a new mortgage. They also need to understand what they're saying no to. And by the way, not just no today, right? But what are they saying no to in five years, in, in, in the fifth year of the mortgage, in the 10th year, in the 15th year, with that knowledge now that if those things they're saying no to become really important in the future, we can pivot. Angela, thank you so much for informing us that there's more to mortgages than we think. This can be a very collaborative and comprehensive process, not just transactional, but a relationship that we build, not with just with clients, the families we serve, but also with other professionals, including you. So I really appreciate you being here and I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you for listening to this conversation with Angela McCaffrey. If you'd like to watch the full video version or receive CFPCE credit, consider joining Measure Twice Planners as an official member at MeasureTwicePlanners.com. Our newest initiative, Measure Twice Mentors, is also available now.